Welcome to the Hornets Hivecast, presented by Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. Here's your host, Sam Farber. Welcome to another edition of the Hornets Hivecast, your Hornets podcast with all the notes, quotes, and daily buzz around your favorite NBA team. I'm Sam Farber, and it is a pleasure and a privilege to have you with us here once again on the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, Charlotte Eye, Ear, Nose, and Throat Associates, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. A very busy edition of the HHC today. It was trade deadline day yesterday. The Hornets very active, making a couple of moves. We will give you the details on them, who is coming onto the roster, who is exiting the Queen City, and it's a game day edition of the HHC. Hornets will take on the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. Helping me on all of these topics, one of our favorites here from Hornets.com senior writer Sam Purley. Sam, thanks for staying up late. We often do these things very late at night to begin with, but this one might be uh, almost a record approaching draft night because these deals took a long time to be finalized, but appreciate you sticking with us. Absolutely. Thank you for having me. And yeah, they kind of develop over the day and then everybody gets in line on the phones and there's so many moving pieces of players and picks. It can uh, it can take a little bit sometimes, but not a problem staying up for sure. It's definitely an exciting thing to talk about. Let's begin with the details of the deals. We'll start off with the Hornets trading P.J. Washington and two second-round picks, one this year that originally belonged to Boston. These second-round picks change hands so much, you got to really fight to keep track of them all. But the Hornets had one from Boston for this upcoming draft, one in 2028 that they are sending off to Dallas in exchange for Grant Williams, a veteran forward who can really shoot the basketball, Seth Curry, a veteran guard who can really shoot the basketball, uh, not necessarily a major part of the deal, but it doesn't hurt. They're both Charlotte natives. Seth is, of course, the son of Del Curry, and I can testify Del is very excited about having Seth in town. Uh, he went to Charlotte Christian. Go Knights. Grant Williams, he went to Providence Day. Go Chargers. Last but not least, Hornets also net the Mavericks' 2027 first-round pick. Unless it falls into the top two of that draft, then it would be protected. But more likely than not, that pick would convey in 2027 to the Hornets. Charlotte also traded away Gordon Hayward to Oklahoma City. In return, Trey Mann, a third-year guard and former first-round pick out of Florida, comes to Charlotte. So does Davis Bertans, a veteran big man with lots of playoff and high-level international experience and an excellent long-range shooter, as well as Vasily Micic, one of the most decorated players in European basketball ever, but really in the last decade or so. He's a multiple-time EuroLeague MVP. He is coming over to Charlotte, as well as a couple of second-round picks in the deal as well. Won this upcoming draft, one in 2025. So it's an enormous haul. Five new players coming in. A lot of directions we can take this, Sam, but I'll, I'll just ask you plainly, what do you think of the deals the Hornets executed yesterday? Well, it's definitely a lot. Certainly one of the busier trade deadline days I've experienced with the Hornets. And then if you factor in the, the trade of Terry Rogier about two and a half weeks ago, I mean, it was, a, it was a big overhaul, bringing in a lot of new players, a lot of assets, draft picks. So I thought the Hornets did really, really well. Their approach was they were kind of basically breaking up 
some of the players they had and kind of splitting them into multiple assets, multiple players, uh, which I think is a very good thing because we've seen that you know, the injuries have obviously been a, a major, major challenge this season again, and it's really taken a toll on the depth and it's taken a toll on really the evaluation process. You've got so many guys doing different things, playing out of position, having to play 38, 39 minutes some nights. I think this gives you much more solid framework to work with for the rest of the season you've got guys that'll be playing more than normal positions a lot of these guys actually i want to say all five of them are at least under team control through the end of next season so there's not anybody here that is on a expiring deal so you you know realistically could get these guys in look at how they they do playing with who's already here and get a, a nice jump start or a nice picture of you know what you would want to add when you get to the summer, when you get to the draft, when you get to free agency. So I kind of viewed this as, as sort of like a pre-free agency sort of series of moves because it, it you're really kind of seeing what you have and you've got a lot more like a streamlined framework on the roster to work with. It's a good way to look at it. I'm, I'm going to take more of the long-term view of these deals. I think first and foremost, this puts the focus for the future on Brandon Miller, LaMelo Ball, and Mark Williams, and I would put Miles Bridges in there as well with the run he's been on, although unlike the other three I just listed, not currently signed long, long term. You know, obviously, uh, there, there's still decisions left to be made, but it, it really sends the message that the Hornets are refocusing things around that young core, which has been part of the messaging all along this season, quite frankly, but this really reinforces that. Um, over the course of this trade season, the team has now said goodbye to two players that for the most part for the last four-year stretch were the focal points of the year-by-year attempt to make the playoffs. That was Terry Rozier and Gordon Hayward. Uh, other guys had huge roles to play, but the team's ability to make the playoffs really seemed to hinge on their success rate Sadly, despite their best efforts and intentions, it just didn't happen in Charlotte, mostly due to injuries, I would argue, but either way, it didn't happen. So now, by moving off of them, you've opened opportunities, first off, for both of them to play in playoff situations, and we're certainly rooting for them to have nothing but success moving forward, but you've also opened up the opportunities now for the young core, and in addition, you brought back two possibly top five picks. We'll see how it all works out over the next handful of seasons. Um, But at minimum, you've brought back two first-round picks over the next five years when hopefully the Hornets' core could take advantage of having either lottery picks come here to Charlotte or having just first-round assets to play with. And you've also added, as you mentioned, five players, any or all of whom could be a part of a playoff rotation next season given their talent, their NBA abilities, and you've done it all without compromising the salary cap flexibility or giving away draft picks. You've added them. So I think Charlotte has done a lot here in terms of reinforcing the focus on the core players they have, as well as adding to a rotation that maybe will help sort out what needs to be on the shopping list for this coming offseason. Yeah, and I think with these five guys coming in, they all bring a little bit of something, and they're all kind of a little bit different stages of their career. I think it's a really nice balance. Trey Mann is a guy that I think, similar to Teo Maladon when he was in Oklahoma City, I mean, they've had so many picks and so many young guys the last couple years that it's hard, and and some guys get kind of squeezed out a little bit in the rotation, and he played, I think, over 60 games each of the last two years, and then, which is how quickly Oklahoma City got good this year, and 
They've also had, I think they might be the healthiest team in the NBA. They just haven't had a need to really tap into their depth a whole lot. I think the same goes for Michich as well, coming over to the NBA for the first time this year. You know, he's technically a rookie. He's 30 years old, but, you know, he hasn't really had a full opportunity to show what he can do, just given, I think, how fast the Oklahoma City situation has moved this year and again with their health. And I'm really curious to see how he's going to look with more opportunity because uh, for the past few years, he's been regarded as one of the probably the best non-NBA player in the world. Uh, very, very highly acclaimed over in Europe. Uh, same thing with Bertans, too. I think, you know, he came over from Dallas, I think, in a draft night deal last year and just hasn't had much of an opportunity to show what he can do, which is, you know, the catch-and-shoot three-point stuff that he was really, really good at in Washington. So, And then Williams, a guy that's in his prime or entering his prime defense, shooting. He's played in a lot of uh, playoff games with Boston the last couple of years in the finals a couple times. And Seth Curry as well, another veteran guy that can shoot. So a lot of three-point shooting, a lot of veterans, a little bit of mix of veterans and guys needing more of an increased opportunity because they weren't getting it where they were. And, you know, a little bit of mixing of the age as well. So I really like that there's a, a variety of different stuff here uh, that the Hornets can kind of experiment with over these next couple months. Definitely. Short term, we'll get more into that in a little bit. Long term, you're refocusing your long term goals around Brandon Miller, LaMelo Ball, Mark Williams, this this new young core here that Charlotte kind of naturally has already accumulated here for the long haul. And you've added assets in the draft and in role players, short and long term value that could make this turnaround begin as quickly as really those core pieces get a clean bill of health, something we're hoping for in the not too distant future. Coming up next, we'll continue to talk through this trade. Uh, trades, plural, Hornets making a couple of deals on deadline day. And of course, we've got a game preview to bring you a little bit later on here on the Hornets Hivecast. Sam Farber, Sam Purley here with you on the Hornets Hivecast, a post-trade deadline edition of the HHC. We'll also preview tonight's game, Hornets at the Milwaukee Bucks. Sam, uh, we, we've been kind of working on these storylines all day. You initially took a, kind of the short-term outlook on the deals. I went long-term, and now I think we're about to reverse course here. So uh, as we look back at all of these trades that were consummated and these moves that were made, just to review here, the Hornets have dealt Gordon Hayward and P.J. Washington. The team also waived Ish Smith, James Booknight, and Frank Nielakina. We will touch on them in a moment as well. A team adding Davis Berton, Seth Curry, Trey Mann, Vasily Micic, and Grant Williams. Picks changing hands. Hornets giving up two second rounders, taking back two second rounders, but really in the net net of it all, if you include the Terry Rozier deal earlier, Charlotte has added two potentially very lightly protected first-round picks, but two first-round picks that should come over to Charlotte over the next five years. So uh, like I said, Sam, I kind of took the long-term vision before you went more short-term. Do you have any more long-term thoughts on what this deal means here for the Hornets moving forward in a five-year plan type of mindset? Yes, and that was I think that's a good balance. I'm looking at the imminent, you're looking a little bit you're a little bit older, a little bit wiser, you're seeing the bigger picture. I'm kind of a little bit younger and looking at what's right in front of me. But long term, yeah, I think this just again it, we talked a little bit about with the Terry Rogier trade, gives a little bit more flexibility. You got more draft picks. I don't exactly know how all the salary cap stuff shakes out now after all the moves and everything, but 
you know, anytime you're adding more picks, I want to say the second round pick that now they have this year is now going to be sooner than the one they were giving up. I think they're getting Houston's maybe, uh, if I'm not mistaken. So you upgrade your second round pick coming up this summer by about probably 10 or 15 spots. Again, I know I'm going short term, but uh, anytime you're adding more assets, more flexibility, getting a chance to look at some different guys, I mean, you never know. Some of these, you know, we talk short term, but sometimes these short term things can turn into long term things if you get one of these guys in here and he, and he pops the next couple weeks and uh you know really finds a footing and becomes a cornerstone that you can build on the next couple years uh so there is a, definitely a long-term approach to this but there's also a short term that if you keep making the right moves that could lead to more long-term results yeah, and I was going to pivot to short term anyway, so I'll, I'll follow your lead there. Uh, you know, even though the the trade deadline is pretty deep into the season, we've still got a, more than a third of the season remaining. So there's a lot that can be accomplished here by the Hornets. And you know, I would love to tell you where all of these new additions are going to plug in, but I think part of the beauty of these deals is we don't know, and they don't know. Some of these guys have been playing a lot with their previous teams. Some have been in. Entirely out of the rotation, but for everyone, it's a fresh start. And between them and the guys on the roster who are healthy, forgetting for the moment about uh, LaMelo Ball and Mark Williams, who are still out for tonight's game, hopefully they will be able to come back and play in the not-too-distant future as well. Um, But for all these new guys coming in, there are minutes and shots and opportunities abound for all of them. And the long and short is Coach Clifford just got five new toys to play with, and for all we know, they are all healthy and hungry for an opportunity to play and show what they can do, prove that they should be part of the long-term plans. They're all, as you mentioned earlier, under some level of team control, either for next season, at least partially guaranteed, or for several years down the line, as in the case of Grant Williams. But all have an opportunity here to earn a long-term role with the Hornets and help the healthy Hornets win immediately. Yeah, for sure. And I think that's what your your focus is over these next couple months is there's an evaluation. It's instilling good habits. You still have a lot of young guys on this team that now have a whole new group of veterans to work with or, and to learn from and, and different bits and pieces. So there's an evaluation portion. There's an experimentation part. You want to finish the season strong. I know things have not gone as planned this season. No, the depth because of the injuries has played a major, major role in that. It, it's been frustrating, I think, for everyone involved but I still think you know this is kind of a way to to reset a little bit get some you know, different guys in here get a little bit of different feel lineups rotations things like that and kind of throw some stuff out there see what's working and, and you know, maybe bring back a little bit more fun and joy right now I think that's something this this team could really use obviously losing nine straight games is not fun but you know this could be something that's really good just getting kind of some some new blood in here could you know kind of kickstart this team as it heads into the all-star break and then obviously coming out as well to finish the rest of the season. Is there a player gained here by Charlotte that you are most excited to see play, uh, hopefully immediately? I don't believe any of these players are going to be available for tonight's game against Milwaukee, but hopefully they will be in time for Saturday's matchup with Memphis back at Spectrum Center. Uh, Anyone that you have top of your list that you're most excited to see in purple and teal? Well, I'm really, I think I mentioned in a previous post, I'm really curious about Vasily Micic. I, I, you know, I keep a little bit of tabs on European basketball and then read some of the news over there. Don't watch it, you know, religiously or anything, but I, I've 
you know, heard the name pop up a lot. I think he was drafted late in the second round in 2014. So uh, he stayed overseas for eight or nine years. And I want to say his rights were owned by Philadelphia, and then they traded him to Oklahoma City at the draft in 2020 uh, as part of the Al Horford deal. I think he, his rights were included in that. And that's you know how he landed with the Thunder. But I just think there's you know you go to his Wikipedia page, and you see all these accolades of Euroleague MVP twice and Euroleague champion, this cup and that cup and all this team and that that team i mean i was fascinated to see how he was going to look coming over to the nba this season and i think he just landed in a situation where it's a little bit older than the guys who are already there maybe a little bit older than the timeline and just never i think he's played 30 games this year and they've been so healthy that he just never really had to tap into some of that depth so i'm fascinated to see what he's going to look like with a new environment the hornets don't have a ton of backcourt depth right now but to see him and to see what all the buzz was about him over in Europe and where he was playing I think last season in Turkey and the guy they kept talking about over and over again, oh, Mitch is just coming to the NBA. Really, there's a curiosity factor there for sure. I'm excited to see him. I'm excited to see him all, but maybe top of my list that I'm most intrigued about near and long term, I would say is Grant Williams. Uh, he's only... 25 years old he just signed or just had signed coming over from boston with dallas to a new longer term deal he's someone who even though he's played a lot in his career i don't want to make it sound like he's been on the bench and is kind of wasting away but he's had different kinds of opportunities leading up to now and he's about to get a different one with boston he was a role player primarily coming off the bench um not necessarily a primary focal point of the offense and i don't know that he's going to be one uh, with Charlotte either, but he was you know a really really good role player on a really really good team. Then he goes to Dallas, where everyone kind of defers to Luka Doncic for good reason. He's an MVP candidate, um, and he saw a lot of his shooting and his opportunities increase. But now he comes to a, a different situation where, when healthy, Lamelo Ball running the show. If you're open, he'll find you. And Grant Williams, when he's open, he makes it. He's one of the better three-point shooters at the forward position in the NBA and has been for several years, uh, right around 40% each of the last three seasons from beyond the arc. So uh, I'm excited to see him and all of the other players coming over to the Hornets over these last couple of deals. As with any trades or anything that that happens like this uh, when Charlotte adds players you also have to say goodbye to a few people and uh, so we want to you know give the due to all of these players who contributed to Charlotte on and off the floor. We'd love to do it much deeper, but can't really do that without this being a four-hour podcast. So we'll try and do this adequately, recognizing all of these Hornets for what they uh, contributed to Charlotte as succinctly as possible. P.J. Washington, lottery pick in 2019. Uh, He leaves the franchise top 10 in franchise history in career blocks, top five in career three, some monster games, including a couple of 40-point performances he'll most likely get his first taste of playoff basketball in Dallas this coming postseason. Gordon Hayward, uh, he gets a chance to play playoff basketball again as well. I think we should all be very grateful that he did what we hope and ask free agents across the NBA to do, and that's consider Charlotte a place that you can make a playoff city. He came, he signed, and I think if he had had a healthy full season, he probably would have gotten the Hornets there, but uh, unfortunately injuries hampered him 
every season he was with Charlotte, but still made a lot of great contributions on and off the court for the community as well and to the development of these young players. We've heard several of them talk about the influence Gordon Hayward had on him, and uh, hopefully it will have repercussions for Charlotte for a long, long time. Uh, Then the players who were waived in coordination with these deals. Ish Smith, a great Charlotte native, distinguished 14-year NBA career, won a ring last season with the Nuggets, great person and player, all the love in the world for Ish. Frank Nilakina, unfortunately, a very terribly timed injury just before the start of the regular season, that tibia fracture. Former lottery pick, I'm confident when healthy, he's going to have other opportunities to get back on the floor in the NBA. But sadly, that timing was awful for everyone involved and wishing him nothing but the best. And then James Booknight, 11th overall pick in 2021. Sadly, never really found his form in the NBA, but rooting for him to get another opportunity and uh, make the most of it moving forward. Yeah, and he worked with all these guys and they're all in different stages of their career and gotten to know them both on the court and off the court and for guys like PJ you know we've watched all his games to his point in his career and Gordon's the last four years so uh, you're right you know we, we can make this a two or three hour podcast just kind of reminiscing on how great these guys are but when, you know when you make a when you make moves like this you know it's it's tough to, to have to say goodbye to some of these guys but you hope that wherever their next stop is for some of these guys they know what their next stop is Um, Gordon and and PJ and PJ going back to his hometown of Dallas I think is a really cool part of all this and you know you hope you take what they you know learned in Charlotte and and can move forward and continue to grow in their careers and grow as people and players and somewhere down the line if, if you know PJ comes across somebody a teammate and the teammates asked about Charlotte and PG says all these good things about how he's treated and this and that you hope that you know that reflection of the organization and that experience that you know you you had for the players that were here when those guys do end up leaving kind of ripples throughout the league and you build up your reputation of this is a place where guys went and, and they get treated well and they get better so it was great to work with all those guys and to see them you know some of them coming into the organization for the first time in their career some of them coming towards the end some of them coming towards the middle very appreciative of all their efforts and and doing what they were asked to do here in Charlotte. A lot of love for all those guys and best wishes to them on their next destination. And uh, certainly a lot of love for uh, the guys coming in. We're excited about these deals made by the Hornets and uh, looking forward to the bright, bright future ahead. We also are looking forward to a game tonight. It's a very busy 24 hours. The Hornets are going to take on the Milwaukee Bucks tonight. They'll host Memphis tomorrow. Tickets for that, Hornets.com. Sam Perley and I will preview the game for you next here on the Hornets Hive Sam Farber, Sam Purley here with you on the HHC, the day after trade deadline day. Hornets involved in two major deals, a lot of assets coming to Charlotte. To my knowledge, I don't believe, as of the recording of this podcast, that any of them are necessarily going to be available to help the Hornets tonight against the Milwaukee Bucks. Uh, so Charlotte's going to be even more shorthanded for this one, but a game will be played nonetheless. Hornets have a couple of players on real hot streaks. Miles Bridges, back-to-back 40-point performances. Brandon Miller has had six straight 20-point games. Two certain candidates for players to watch. But Sam Perley, you know how these game previews work. We'll let you pick the category and the player or stat first. We need a player from each team as well as a stat for tonight's matchup Hornets at Milwaukee. I'm going to start with my Hornets player to watch, and I'm going to go with Nick Richards. A little bit of a slow performance the last couple games, uh, or I shouldn't say slow, just didn't have a whole lot of scoring, and maybe that was because of how dominant Miles looked and, and some of the other guys, but he's only attempted six shots combined the last 
two games uh, for a total of nine points. First meeting of Milwaukee earlier this season back in November was the one where he took the hit to the head and had to leave early because of the concussion-like syndrome. So a chance to face the Bucks for a full game. And uh, I think the Hornets really got to make it a priority to get him the ball down low. They only had 40 paint points the other night and the loss to Toronto I think it got a little stagnant there at the end and they've got to work on getting the ball into the paint and being efficient in the paint as well. They missed 16 shots from that area the other night and also missed I think 7 free throws in a 6 point game. So uh, getting Nick Richards involved, getting him some pick and roll just making sure he's he's involved in the offense early on I think would go a really long ways and kind of having a balanced offense right from the start tonight. I like it I'll admit I'm a little thrown off. I thought we were going to pick between Bridges and Miller, but you go with Nick Richards. I Again, I like it. Uh, Richards coming off a, a solid game, not asked for, as you mentioned, to take a lot of shots last time around, given how great Miles Bridges and Brandon Miller were running, but still obviously a key part of the puzzle. One of the top 20 shot blockers and offensive rebounders in the NBA, so he's got a lot to contribute tonight against a very good Milwaukee team. That said, uh, even though I'm very excited to see Brandon Miller make a run at a 7th straight 20 point game we've got a guy making a historic run right now miles bridges back to pack 40 point games he's climbing rungs on the hornets all-time leaderboard every night and setting and resetting personal highs each and every night as well i want to see what he does for an encore the back-to-back 40 point performances extremely impressive i'll leave it at that i want to see what miles bridges does next up here in milwaukee next up do you want a buck to watch or a stat to watch I will go buck to watch and real quick back to back to back 40 point games never happened in franchise history only a few times it happened twice and I would agree with you I'd love to see that happen a third time so I will go buck to watch and mine is going to be Brooke Lopez he had a 15 point game on 7 of 8 shooting against the Hornets back in November I want to say it was maybe an in-season tournament game I can't exactly remember but also had 6 blocks and probably persuaded a lot of of rim attempts as well in that one he's second in the NBA right now with 2.8 blocks per game I think he's got got to be 35 36 years old right now still a really really good rim protector bucks have gone back to their drop coverage a little bit since you know starting something a little bit different earlier in the season so uh, really really good defender even at his age and uh, also a really good three-point shooter as well so Brooke Lopez is a guy they've always seemed to have some trouble with dating back all the way to his Nets days and now as a buck you know 15 16 17 years later so uh, Brooke Lopez is my guy to watch on the Bucks, both on defense and offense as well well I can't let there be a, a Bucks podcast go by where we don't mention Giannis Antetokounmpo so I'll, I'll just throw him out there the MVP candidate having another MVP style of season 31 points per game 11 rebounds per game six assists per game he's not necessarily seen in the same vein as that that playmaker the way that a Jokic is but he, he has a ton of assists every night as well I think Antetokounmpo the Hornets have actually defended him pretty well over the last couple of years they've had good strategies against him trying to slow him down there's no stopping him, but slow him down at least a little bit. If he goes off, I think it's very hard to uh, beat the Milwaukee Bucks. They, by the way, played last night at home. They lost to Minnesota 129-105, to so really not that close. Uh, Giannis had 17 points, 7 assists in that one. Uh, but anytime you're facing a former MVP, that guy has to get mentioned as a player to watch. So there he is, Giannis Antetokounmpo, my Milwaukee Buck to watch. Last but not least, a stat to watch. 
Yeah, my stat to watch is going to be uh, just kind of defense in general. It's something that has never really got going for the Bucks this year. They had the number four defense in the NBA last year, made the big move in the offseason to send Drew Holiday to, well, I guess it was Portland first and then Boston, but uh, swapped him in for, for Damian Lillard or swapped him out for Damian Lillard. Adrian Griffin came in to coach. The defense never really kind of got on the same page, just replaced him with Doc Rivers. I think they're one in five now, and it's they just never, they still can't seem to get this defense clicking. It's 18th in the NBA right now. It was 18th going into the game last night. I would venture to guess it's dropped a little bit, even more following that game. So you think of those good Bucks teams, or really great Bucks teams that were, uh, you know, the one that won the finals a couple years ago. Defense was the thing that stood out, and it's just not part of their calling card right now. So uh, there's an opportunity for the Hornets if they can get that three-point shot falling like they did the other night against Toronto and then attack the paint. I think they can really kind of keep Milwaukee on their heels because I know they made the coaching change. They're, I think, one in five, one in six now since it it just doesn't really feel like it's clicking quite yet they're going to be on a back-to-back you know you never know i think this is a good opportunity for the hornets to kind of capitalize on a team that is still finding its way uh amidst a number of kind of different evolving circumstances it's an interesting team they're going through an interesting time right now that's for sure milwaukee i'm going to go with turnovers i think there's obviously been a lot of roster turnover right now for charlotte and so i'll stick with that word and that's stuck in my head here for the hornets i think milwaukee is a team that is incredibly talented offensively and giving them added opportunities is really a death sentence if you're going up against them so for charlotte who at times has had issues with turnovers and obviously the point guard injuries haven't helped that very much but if you're playing Milwaukee they like to turn up the the tempo pace wise they're very very good about taking care of the basketball themselves they're not really elite at forcing you into turnovers you mentioned the defensive issues that they've had uh, so you certainly don't want to give them any extra opportunities so I think for Charlotte keep your possessions uh, it's it's not going to be easy to win a shooting competition against the Bucks. They're one of the top 10 shooting teams from the floor, from three uh, in general in the NBA. But giving them added looks at the basket, that's never a good thing against any team, let alone Milwaukee. So I'll keep it simple and go with turnovers for tonight. Either way, tomorrow we'll have another episode of the HHC. Sam Perley, we've signed you up for another dance with Rob Longo. I'm sure there will be more discussions about the trade. We hope to hear from Hornets General Manager Mitch Kupchak today, so we'll let you hear from him as well. We'll also be getting you ready for Gerald Wallace Night at Spectrum Center, a commemorative poster going to be given out to the first 5,000 fans at the Hive tomorrow ahead of Hornets versus Grizzlies, and we expect to be welcoming a few new players into the fold for that one as well. Yeah, it's going to be a busy couple days. You know, Gerald Wallace is obviously that's really really cool. Got a couple games, five new players coming in, so it'll be a lot of uh, a lot going on, but a, a lot of fun coming up these next couple days. It will be indeed. It's an exciting time here for Charlotte Hornets. Two big trades, two big games over the next 48 hours. Uh, Plenty to look forward to for the Hornets. Thank you, Sam Purley, as always, for joining me here on the HHC. Thanks to Rob Longo, our producer, for putting this podcast together. Most of all, to all of you for tuning in. For everyone here, I'm Sam Farber saying it's been a pleasure and a privilege having you with us. We'll talk to you again next time right here on the Hornets Hivecast. Thank you for listening to the Hornets Hivecast, brought to you by Senta, the official eye, ear, nose, and throat care provider of the Charlotte Hornets. For more coverage, visit hornets.com.